0: if you guys listened to my last episode with dr joe dispenza which many of you did and i've had the most incredible feedback from that episode you also heard me talk about Truff hot sauce and i've opened myself up to talking about the absolute very favorite products that i have found in my life and i do that with the honor products of course because i created these and these are products that i love but there's other amazing shit out there and Truff hot sauce is absolutely one of those things it's one of those game changers i mean i get things that show up and arrive and i try them out and sometimes i'll use them for a minute or two and then sometimes they just become a staple like an absolute staple in my fridge everywhere i go at all times i want this hot sauce and it's not just like any hot sauce like it has heat you know they definitely have their hotter version that's red and it's beautiful and it's hotter, but what makes it magical is that it's mixed with truffle, and the flavor of truffle, you can't even describe the flavor of truffle. Like, I don't know, what what does truffle taste like? Truffle just tastes like truffle. It's incredible, and the combination of the heat and the truffle, it's an incredibly unique experience. I mean, I don't want to eat my avocado toast without it. I don't want to eat my deviled eggs or my eggs without it. I don't want to eat so many things that I would normally go about my life eating Without this, like a tuna melt, yeah, okay, that's cool. You know, it's way cooler. It's way cooler when it has Truff hot sauce. Like so many things are better. I, I really encourage you guys to just try it. Like maybe you'll be like, yeah, Truff hot sauce, no big deal. I have not had anybody who I've given this to who's been like, yeah, Truff hot sauce, no big deal. Everybody's like, damn, damn. And that's the things that I want to share with you guys. So please just check it out. Go to truff, T R U F F, hot sauce.com slash Aubrey, and you can use the code Aubrey and you'll save 15%. It's the only way you're gonna save 15% on this hot sauce. Truffles are expensive. I mean, I don't know if they still use like pigs to go out and find them and like root around in the ground to find these, but truffles, one of the reasons why they're the most valuable thing in the world is that they're difficult to cultivate and difficult to find they're worth it though. (laughs) They're they're absolutely worth it. And so is this hot sauce. So please support the show and give yourself a little mouthgasm of flavor with this Truff hot sauce. Whether you like the hotter version, which comes in the red, or you like the normal version, which comes in the black, or the special edition, which I talked about last week, which comes with the white truffle, any way you go, truffhotsauce.com slash Aubrey, code Aubrey, save 15% and just give it a try. Thanks so much, guys. Danica Patrick is really a household name and one of the reasons why is she is absolutely a pioneer in her sport. She is a race car driver that competed against men at the highest level and a lot of people didn't think that was possible. She actually won an IndyCar race and competed at the very top level for both IndyCar and NASCAR and has an amazing story of not only The struggles and the trials and the challenges getting to that position, and all of the bias that she's had to pierce through. And then also the graceful letting go of that thing that she's worked her whole life towards. It was a really interesting and enjoyable podcast to sit down with a legend like Danica Patrick, really figure out what her magic was, and also explore the different aspects of her personality. That I wasn't even aware of. So I think you guys are really gonna enjoy seeing this different side of Danica Patrick. Danica, so good to have you here.
1: Thanks. This will be fun.
0: Yeah, it's definitely gonna be fun. So, you know, you have that kind of unique position where you've been a figurehead that's inspired so many people to do something that a lot of people thought, you know, Maybe it wasn't possible. Maybe this is one of the biological differences between men and women that is just there, and it's like a line that can't be crossed. And you're like, <laughs> "Fuck that line!" <laughs> and you're like, "Here I am, crossing it." Yeah. You know, that's got to be a pretty cool thing to be a part of. But it had to take some courage to kind of get you willing to to do that. So, so what was the what was the origin of this?
1: With racing? Yeah. I mean, I think ignorance was bliss. I started when I was ten years old. So I didn't really think about it being all boys out there. In fact, like I almost missed a race one time my very first year because I was behind the trailers and vans throwing football with the other drivers, which were basically all guys. So mm-hmm. I just didn't really think about it. I think that my 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 point of attention was on driving, not all the differences, you know? So I just right. didn't really think about being a girl until, Probably I was about 14, and then, then I started thinking about it because I was doing interviews about being a girl out there. So yeah, I was people like, were projecting
0: oh. people were projecting their own ideas on yeah. you at that point. Yeah. Right? Like at that point, everybody had to be like, you know you're a girl, and you're like, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it was actually almost when they started doing that that it made me want to sort of turn away from being a girl in a way. And I remember when I was a teenager trying to – you know, hide that fact by whether I didn't wear nail polish or I didn't, you know, wear high heels or didn't um, didn't want to look too feminine because I was already like, oh, wow, it's it's obvious. <laughs>
0: yeah. There was probably a point, though, I would just anticipate where that whole thing flipped and you were like, you know what, no way. I'm You're actually right. going to be the most girl.
1: 100% it did. Yeah. And it actually it came from going there and doesn't it always, right? Doesn't the Mm -hmm. flip a lot of times happen with, you know, whether it be vulnerability and then you go and, you know, put, put, forge ahead and show a little vulnerability and it almost dismisses that emotion as being a problem because you realize how you're embraced in that moment. So for me, it was showing that I was really feminine. So it was through like a really sexy photo shoot. And I was like, wow, that was so effective. And I'm still the same person and I can still drive the car the same way and it's making it valuable for a sponsor to be a part of my program because I create ROI for them. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Was
0: that the GoDaddy shoot?
1: It wasn't. It was before then. I was was probably about 19. It was... uh, Remember the old magazine FHM?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to them?
1: Yeah. Well, I,
0: Maxim just ate them up. Yeah. Maxim just <laughs> ate their lunch and they were gone.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a uh, that's really interesting. And then you know that probably helped because as soon as you embrace so. Whatever it is, like when someone's calling you out about something and you're a little shy about it, it's almost mm-hmm. like it draws the wolves forward, True. right? Like they'll like chase you into whatever place that you're trying to retreat. Yeah. But the minute you stand out in front yeah. and go like, yeah, I am. What yeah. Of it? Everybody's yep. like, yep. oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Calling Good.
1: it out takes the power away from it mm-hmm. and sort of um, – calms everything down and nobody wants to attack you about it and you also don't need to feel insecure about it anymore then either once you've called it out because you're like well i've said it so it's out there
0: yeah it's there
1: whatever it is what
0: role did janet guthrie play in in your kind of in your career and your kind of at least mental understanding and just knowing that she had kind of paved that that way in you know obviously a different type of racing but nonetheless like Mm -hmm. She had been there and kind of done some of that at a different time. Did that did that have any impact on you?
1: Uh, she was, you know, really one of the first ones. Um, and so I didn't know her. I would say for me it was probably Lynn St. James. That's who I actually knew. Mm-hmm. And so I went to her driver development program when I was 14 And then she took me to Indianapolis Motor Speedway and would walk me around and introduce me to people. And she was actually the person that took me up to um, a suite of this wealthy family. And I sat at the bar at 14 drinking a kitty cocktail talking about England and racing over there with someone. And two years later that group contacted me about going to race over there. And that's when um, I left school my junior year and, um, I mean, I, I have a GED, I didn't even finish high school, so um, I went over to England and raced. So it was because of her, really, that that sort of thing happened. Um, so, but, but Janet was, there's only been a few of us, you know, it's really been Janet and Lynn, and another girl, Sarah Fisher and me, are probably really the, the, the main girls that have really done things in racing.
0: Yeah, yeah, It's a small it's a small circle. Yeah. of people who've done that. It's a
1: square, really. <laughs>
0: Four yeah. points. Yep. Yeah, that <laughs> is that is a square. Um, yeah, no yeah. doubt. And now, of those, of that square, you were actually able to win a race in Japan. Are you the only one? All the only um mm-hmm. vortice, vortice What I have it's been a while since I've been in Geometry. Uh,
1: IndyCar. It was IndyCar and it was at Twin Ring Motegi, and um I was
0: talking about the point on a square. I don't even oh, know.
1: What your oh, oh, you're getting Vortici, weight. Vertex,
0: vertice. Uh, uh, Does anybody know? Does anybody Octi- know any geometry? No, vertice. Vertice. Fantastic. Vortici. Uh, but yes, so you were the only one of the four to yeah, win. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. 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 Yep. Indy Yeah.
0: That's fucking phenomenal.
1: Yeah. It was um you know, but again, when you think about you know, what you believe is possible and your goals, for me, that was something that I always really just believed was going to happen anyway. And so for me, when it did happen, it was more of a relief. So it wasn't a shock to me, but that's probably why it happened, was because that's what I believed should happen.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I had a, a poker player who competed in the World Series of Poker, and he had a mentor. And his mentor, who had won the World Series of Poker, goes, you know what, man? You know when you know when you're gonna win the World Series of Poker. When you're not surprised if you win the World Series of Poker. When mm. it doesn't matter. Like when that's just like, oh yeah, of course I won the World Series of Poker. Mm-hmm. Like you know you're that good. Mm-hmm. You know that you're that prepared. Yeah. That yeah, it's not like you imagine it being so exciting. Like woohoo! Like I can't believe I won. Like you won the lottery or like, the, shock, like the price right? is right. That's shock. The
1: excitement's shock.
0: shock. Right. But when you've done it and you've visualized yeah. it, you've yeah. done the work, you've gone through the whole process, you know you're that good. You
1: experienced the letdowns before it that felt <laughs> yeah. like they should have resulted in it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's I think that's something that's really it's really interesting because it in some ways you don't get that exhilarating rush, but mm-hmm. you get the long-term satisfaction of it. But yeah. that's the only really way the universe works. The yeah. universe works. Is when that
1: how you feel like it operates for you? Do you feel like when yeah, you accomplish sure. things, it's more of a relief or for sure. I, when, I mean,
0: it. when my book, for example, this is a recent one, when my book became a New York Times bestseller, mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, I'd seen that so many times, and even in the cover of the book, we left the space for it, and I just visualized that happening so yes, many times. And Yeah, when for it happened, sure. it was like everybody else around me was like, wahoo, and I was like, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, well, that's why we left the space.
0: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Like, that's why that... That's why we moved the title down. It's powerful, but some people
1: aren't brave enough to dream into that. They almost don't feel like they deserve it, probably, whether it's New York Times bestseller book or whatever it may be in their life, but I think a lot of times people don't feel like they deserve it.
0: I think that's a big thing, so they'll keep those things away from them. Mm -hmm. I've found that I'm inconsistent, though, and I wonder if you are the same. Like, perhaps for you, manifesting and understanding that you deserve to win that race mm-hmm. was something that came natural. Just like for me, mm-hmm. who always knew he was going to be a writer, mm-hmm. I knew that that book was going to be a New York Times bestseller and I mm-hmm. could put forward the effort and the you know kind of mental reps necessary to help make that happen and mm-hmm. the physical rep, all the different things mm-hmm. to make that happen. But other things will be harder. Other things will be sure. harder to think I deserve or harder to think that's possible. Yeah. And, and when I'm trying to get myself in that position to act as if it's already been done, which is the secret. So to, hard, and, and right? It's Isn't that hard? the
1: hardest thing to actually, to really? Because it's not visualizing. It's not just visualizing. It's in your like gut, believing it, mm, feeling it. Yes, like, and that
0: is hard. It's hard.
1: What's the block?
0: I think we have stories, and I think these stories are tell us that it's it needs to be so hard. To, mm. to get something, you know? And so like if we haven't paid the price to like take the nectar of the feeling mm. and allow ourselves to drink it, we feel like we're like, maybe, an, it just feels like we're Feeding. cheating. Yeah, it feels like we haven't earned it. Yeah, Because even, because I've been working with someone who's been helping me with this practice and you know, I'll always go through this this story about like what, what has happened and I'll always say stuff like, it was really hard, it took a lot of work. <laughs> you yeah. know, all this stuff in my whole story about how this thing in the future had already happened you know and she would be like or it was easy and effortless and I'm like I can't do that like I can't I can't go live in the reality where I received something of great value and it was easy and effortless I, I have to tell the story that it was hard work you know lost nights of sleep you know I sweat yeah. and I bled my own blood but to I think get both
1: are true I right. feel like for me what happens is The difficulty is that you're not on the right path or not with the right person or not doing the right job or not partnered with the right group or whatever it may be. And so that is difficult because it's not working. And then as soon as you can recognize the difference between quitting something and letting go and understand the flow of life and how it really should be less resistant than Mm -hmm. that, then you go, okay, I realize that's not for me and you take a turn. And then all of a sudden, the path becomes clear. Yeah. But that wasn't that it wasn't hard. It was hard, and it was difficult, and it did take effort, but it was also a sign to turn a different direction so that you could get on the right path. That's what I feel like has happened a lot in my life, where as soon as you just kind of, instead of hanging on to something, hanging on to something, you go, it's just let's just let this go. Right. It's, just, it's obviously not working out. And then you go another direction and all of a sudden it, everything just starts to fall into place really quickly.
0: I think that's right. And I think no matter how much effort you put in when you know you're living the living your purpose and you're doing the thing that you're supposed to do, it does feel easier. Mm-hmm. But when you're not sure and you're mm-hmm. di- doubting and there's that mental resistance mm-hmm. like, Am I, should I even be doing this? What should I mm-hmm. be doing? It's that W- waffling back and forth where like I don't even know if this makes sense mm-hmm. or like what I'm doing mm-hmm. that's the part that's actually the hardest but when you know like oh this is I am here doing this thing that I should be doing yeah then the long hours or whatever yeah. it takes is actually yeah. fun yeah in a way.
1: it's part of the journey I mean I feel like in racing it was I had to sacrifice a lot you know um I- I mean, I I never went to my prom. I'm sure that was a huge loss. Um, but you know, there's things along the way that you sacrifice, and they don't feel like it because it's just part of the path. Like yeah. it's just part part of the journey to get to the end result that you're hoping for. And so, um, but you have to find, and this is what I always tell people, is that you have to find something that you love enough so that you don't feel like it's work. And so, if you feel like something's work, and it's draining you. That's also another indicator that I've learned is that when I'm doing something that's exhausting and a lot of work, presumably from a time or an effort standpoint, if it's for me and filling me up and serving me and, 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 and bringing joy to me, I feel totally energized at the end of the day. Like, even with, you know, my own podcast and the show and the things that I've done, sometimes they're longer days or sometimes, I mean, doing a lot of talking can be exhausting. Sure. But at the end of the day, I feel jacked up. I'm like, that was fun. I loved learning about it and growing and expanding. And then there's other things that I've done where, you know, for me, the most common one is anytime I have to get into a room that doesn't have natural lighting and doesn't have, it's like yellow and it's like closed off and it's, you know, also something that might not be so fun. I mean, I could instantly, I feel like I could fall asleep at any moment. Like, it's just draining to me. And so um, I also use that as an indicator of the things that are for me versus not.
0: Yeah. I think there's a quote from my friend Paul Check, and he's saying, when you're doing something you love, perhaps, not always, but you might make a little less money. But you're making love all day.
1: Mm. <laughs> you know,
0: like that's like that makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? Like what what yeah. are the priorities that we have? Because I think yep. that's another thing that people measure. A lot of times people give money, you know, what Mark Manson would call the God power in their life. So mm. like all things are willing to be sacrificed yeah. to get the maximum amount of money. Yep. So that means you can sit in that yellow fucking room with those fluorescent lights and just drain away all of your happiness and vitality because you've given money the God power and that's what you're gonna get. Yeah, Or not, or you can choose a different thing and realize that perhaps that doesn't quite matter that much whether you make 300,000 or 500,000, like whatever the difference is, really isn't gonna change your life that much. Might as well enjoy your life.
1: I mean, there's a couple of things that come to mind. I think there's like a Jim Carrey quote that's, you know, I wish everybody could just have a whole bunch of money so they could realize that it's not about that, which is right. totally true. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to fathom for people, but then it leads to the next thought, which is think of all the things that have brought you the most amount of joy in your life and happiness. Think about your true, like, soul-serving things that have happened. And that you've done, and um, you recognize that they have nothing to do with money. You know, they're a moment, they're a person, they're a feeling, they're gratitude, that's generosity, it's helping someone or whatever it is. It's looking at the damn tree outside and being like, God, life's good, you know? Yeah. That's free.
0: Yeah, all that stuff. it's, uh, you know, people look at, I think that it's just those stories that are told. You know, the stories that are told through some some way through either other people or advertising or yeah. whatever, where you think you get the new car and then that new car makes you happy. Yeah. Every, but or you, the story you've you told don't. yourself. Yeah.
1: Right? I just did a little Instagram post with a quote on it and it was like, our problem is that we keep repeating these same bad stories over and over again, like change the narrative, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the repeating of those stories and also... Um, you know, the fact that that story over time can become completely untrue. Our mind has the ability to manipulate the details enough for it to evolve into something that's really not even true anymore. You're going to talk to Joe Dispenza. He'll, talk, he'll tell you all about that. I think that's who I learned that from.
0: Yeah, and then it's just it's rewriting the codes, like the mm-hmm. operating software of the human being. And most of the time we just do this blindly and asleep. You yeah. know, we're just operating on the conditioned codes yeah of society as a whole saying yeah. you, you should be this you should do this yeah. work really hard then you get to retirement and that's when you get to enjoy life or whatever the codes are that your parents have shown yeah. or whatever say oh you got to go to college because well why what What do i have to do that for i mean you got right. your ged yeah you're fucking crushing it
1: doing okay doing all right
0: <laughs> you know and like that's the that's the time we live but back then yeah. that was really something that was important in the yeah. cultural framework i, you I know? feel like
1: we're breaking away from this um sort of Step and repeat production of life and into people that are independent thinkers and thinking outside the box. You're one of them.
0: We have to. We have to be free. That's what we're here for. That's what I like, yeah, make, think makes for this anyway. thing so fucking special. It's like if we're free, then we have so much to explore. Mm-hmm. So many people we can meet mm-hmm. and enjoy. So many places we can see. And, you know, the thing is, when we're not free, when we're bound and stressed and locked to these hard fixed goals that we're just so focused on all the time and chained to by our own desires, or our own fears, or all these things that are controlling us, we can go through a beautiful day like today and never have a moment where we get to go, wow, today was yeah. a fucking awesome day. You know, it's all about our interpretation of the life that we're living. Like, this is the kingdom of heaven. We made it congratulations everybody we're here we just got to believe it and accept it yeah you know it's not some place we're going when we die it's here now yeah if we can get ourselves in that framework yeah and I think that's the reminder to myself and to everybody that you know I'm trying to trying to remind everybody like Mm -hmm. welcome to heaven population everyone let's go let's enjoy this here now
1: yeah and we were talking about you know the work on the self first you know work on yourself first and so um you know if you can control if you can let basically your happiness be dictated by you and not anyone or anything else you can reside there pretty easily if you can yeah. find ways to do that the problem is it's hard right we hard. whether we look at our job and our uh, affirmations or our relationship and whatever it is like we're looking there's it's hard to just not let those things affect us but the less those things can affect us the more happy we can be so yeah. really it starts with you yeah. or me you know it starts just, with the self and just
0: the awareness of what's happening and not being so invested in whatever emotion you know one of my the the spiritual masters that i read is a guy anthony demello and he yeah. talks about instead of saying i am depressed you know be the observer of your depression mm. and say ah there is a depression that you know, there's a depression that is in the one that I call me, you know, there's a depression there. I observe that. It's not mm-hmm. me. I'm just observing that feeling of, that feeling of like kind of sunk in emotion and that feeling of exasperation and hopelessness. Is like, it
1: that it makes it less real maybe? Then
0: then you have, then you take that kind of impartial observation of it and you can look at it and then you can track where mm-hmm. it came from and you can mm-hmm. track what it is. And then mm-hmm. you can actually surrender to it and say like, ah, oh, okay, this is okay. And you know he really attributes that skill to being really happy is not always being in a joyful state. That's mm-hmm. probably not possible. But if we can be aware mm-hmm. of all the things we're feeling and offer some appreciation to them, mm-hmm. it'll allow them to pass through just like, you know, the weather in Miami or something, you know, it's rainy for a moment and then you just allow it to pass through. You don't even take off your swimsuit because you know it's gonna get sunny again <laughs> here sometime soon. You leave you know? the space
1: on the book, the best <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Keep that swimsuit on. Leave the, the swimsuit sun, on because it's gonna swims- get sunny
0: again because you your just got leave oh, the swimsuit on. Leave the goddamn swimsuit <laughs> on, for sure. Yeah. I have a question for you though. So one of the things that's challenging is that you get used to chasing thrills Right, Like the thrill of being in a race or winning a race, that's a fucking thrill. Or like the thrill of a a new relationship or the thrill of uh, achieving something. Like these thrills we orient ourselves towards. And then as the landscape changes, then there can be something of a vacuum that you might feel. Have you experienced like feeling the vacuum of not being behind the wheel at these races? And, And how have you dealt with that?
1: that was uh never what i loved about it anyway mm. um i think that was what i had to realize in the end was you know and admit to myself almost was that i loved racing but it was a certain part of it that i loved that i could recreate in other ways and so i didn't love like the thrill of driving and in fact i'm not a daredevil the, like people could tell you that that are close to me like i'm not i'm not the one that's like i'm i'm not I like to stay in my comfort zone, but then push it and expand it, but not like jump way outside of it and um, hope for the best. Or I don't like to think that I could get hurt. Like, that was, like, yeah. those things were never a thrill for me. So when people are like, Do you love going fast? No, in fact, I if we could all just be going 40, but doing the same thing, it would be fine for me. (laughs) I mean, it sounds a lot cooler cooler to say I went 240, but um, uh, oh man, those go-karts went way faster than that. (laughs) I think I was going 80 mile an hour at about nine years old when I was a kid. So um, so what I loved about it was um, I loved setting a goal and achieving it. I Mm. loved the journey of hoping and believing that better was on its way every year, every season, every race. I loved that, you know, I was um, connected to that emotion of hope and being able to improve. And so at the end of my career, when I had, again, look, you know, another thing in my life is looking for signs. I'd never lost a sponsor in my life. And all of a sudden my primary sponsor left and various other things were happening that were sort of pointing in the direction of letting go versus quitting. And so I didn't, I'm not going to say, I didn't try really hard to, to continue on Mm -hmm. after I lost my sponsor at the beginning of 17. So, um, uh, I, I, I felt like for me, I was like, it's I'm okay with change. like yeah. I mean, I feared a little bit at first like in, like a normal human being, but then I think it may be better than I could ever expect if I can just let go and let the next thing come in. And so I just wasn't really super happy anymore. And most of all, though, I didn't feel like if I would have got an oper- offer to drive for a team that I thought was presumably better than the one I was on with a more opportunity, sure. I'd have been like, let's go. But it was going to, for me, feel like uh, – It was going to be either a worse team or for sure less money and things like that. Which you know, if you told me you know drive for free, but you're going to you know win the Daytona 500 this year, I'd be like, okay, (laughs) you know. But you can't promise those things. So um, for me, it was just about improving, and I I I lost I lost the ability to hope for that anymore. So I had to let it go.
0: So to you, it was really about that process of just getting a little bit better every Mm -hmm. single day, and that was really what you were most passionate about to the yeah. most part. And racing was just the avenue by yep, which you were able exactly. to apply that framework and mentality. Yep. And then with that, you can apply that to anything. anything. You can apply exactly. that to your show.
1: And what I also loved in the end, and I remember the last couple of years feeling the gravity of it was that, and if for me it was never enough, but for other people it was, so it, it was still powerful, was just I could inspire people by just being out there. And for me, that was not worth, like I, I, running 20th was just not gonna do it for me. But for others, just doing it and being different was enough. And I was like, wow, that's a powerful role to you know, try and break people of these um, you know, negative thought processes and reoccurring thoughts that they can't do something because nobody has or because being different is bad or wrong. It's like I was able to show them that being different was a tool and yeah. and it was possible, and so I really loved at the end, I was like, I felt this responsibility to use this unique talent given to me, some little old girl from Roscoe, Illinois, to you know be on this big stage and show them that it was possible and being great was also possible, and so that kinda kept me going at the end that I, I didn't wanna waste that opportunity, but then I realized that I could still do it in other ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really important thing for all of us to remember. I still think though like all right you won that it was the Japan 300 that you won, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There had to be a fucking feeling when you won that that I mean, I know you said like yes, you expected it but still, I mean, the crowd roaring. Yeah. You know, I don't know what is it, milk or champagne. I don't know they always do something. <laughs> it's different. Milk at the Indy Five Hundred. Okay, okay. There so, it was
1: sake. Sake. All right. <laughs> so you
0: have pouring sake all over the place. It's yeah. a giant sake party. He
1: said, "Do you have anything to tell the fans?" I said, "Ichiban," which means number one in Japanese. Nice. So, um,
0: but that's a that had to be that had to be a fucking thrill, like I mean, a real, like a real thrill. I cried
1: thrill. because I was like relieved that it finally happened yeah yeah i mean that's all i can say i mean was i happy for sure i was happy Mm -hmm. but was i like climbing a fence and jumping up and down and doing burnouts and no i just parked (laughs) the car and got out and stood in the seat and you know just like put my hands over my face and went holy shit it finally happened
0: so danica patrick is obviously one of those individuals that has worked her life to achieve peak performance. And to do that, you have to do a lot of different things. You have to train the right way, you have to eat the right way, you have to use your natural environment, food and light and water and everything that you can do to get yourself in an optimal state, all the mindset practices. But in addition to that, you need to really support the body in every way possible. Now, most of us aren't at Danica Patrick level, but we all have those things that we're striving towards, all have those things that we wanna be optimal for and that was really the reason behind creating on it but we also want to make it easy and make it simple so on it has a ton of amazing formulas and we decided that if we put them all together in a simple day and night pack and called it total human it's really the evolution of what a multivitamin always wanted to be when it grew up it's supplements targeted to specific systems providing those vitamins nutrients nutrients minerals that are going to help support you in your daily life and it's one of the easiest things to do you just open up a day pack take it for breakfast open up a night pack take it with your dinner done and know that you are being supported in the best way possible so please go to on it.com slash aubrey you can save 10 percent on total human which is an excellent place to start or an excellent place to escalate from your already strong nutritional program. Again, that's on it.com/slash Aubrey and save 10%. And enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, you look at these moments. I mean, I, I was a basketball player. I never did anything particularly impressive with it. But there's those moments where you have a crowd mm-hmm. and like you hit that three to the end mm-hmm. the game and everybody's jumping around and like you, it just feels really good. Or you like drive to the hoop and like someone fouls you and you score anyways so, and you just roar at them like, ah, and like that feels. That feeling must be nice that yeah it is it's fun but then like what do you do is now i'm a 38 year old dude and what am i gonna do go to the y you know like there's some examples
1: of this so i have a helmet on and the car is you know screaming at 200 and some miles an hour with you know 700 horsepower and i've got earplugs and all the rest of it on and uh you can't hear, so it's not like when I took the lead, I could ever. Hear. So the be- the best example would be at the Indy five hundred in two thousand five. Um, I qualified fourth. It was my very first year in the race, and um, I was really fast all month. And you know, at the beginning, I stalled it in the pits. And I came back and you know, charged my way back forward, and I got back up into the top ten. And then on a restart, I spun. It ripped my front wing off. I came into the pits and got you know, got my tires for the last stop of the race. So there was about you know fifty when no, I was like 30 laps or so left in the race and go back out there and um I took the lead and it was like I took the lead on a restart and the fans were or the fans went nuts but everybody afterwards was like did you hear the fans? I'm like no I didn't hear the fans. <laughs> it was like you know the decibels and was so, we are so loud you can't hear yeah, a thing. Yeah. So I don't have that luxury as an athlete to be able to actually hear the fans. So the only thing that I have as an example of that was that when we would get introduced on before the race, of sure. driver introductions, and you'd get in a car and drive around the track and wave to the fans. And, you know, that's the only time they could see you from a very, very far <laughs> distance of what, you know, the real human being instead of just like the vessel you were in. And so, um, you know, people would, you know, cheer loudly and you'd drive by, you know, wave and they'd cheer some more. And I remember telling people towards the end of my career that this is something we take for granted, that you know, what a pain in the ass. We have to go do this driver introduction, drive around the track and whatever. We just don't want to have to do it. But someday we'll look back when we're done racing and be like, man, we just had our name said and people screamed for us, you know? And so that was the example, that's the only example I have of people cheering for me that I get is like being introduced, not doing something amazing, not hitting a three, not, you know, throwing a touchdown or whatever. is like, I can't hear anything.
0: Mm. I think really this all points, I guess the thing that is is prescient for me is the graceful release of some of the thrills of your, of your youth. And I think for me, releasing the thrill of having a crowd watch me compete in an athletic performance, mm-hmm. like that thrill was one of the first that I had to like, okay, I gotta kind of let this go. Like mm-hmm. there's really, I mean, I would try a little, leagues and stuff, but no one no one really cared enough for me to care enough for it to actually like engender the same feelings. And then there's lots of other things like the thrill of making your first, you know, million dollars or mm-hmm. making your or being with some, you know, whatever whatever the thing is, whatever the thing is that gives you that thrill, eventually you have to have the grace to let go of that and embrace yeah. whatever that new thing is and not yeah. hold on yeah. all too tight. To the yeah. old ways and say, like, that's kind of that glory days mentality, right? It's the people who've never let go of those thrills with grace and say, yeah, that was rad. Right. Yeah, that was really beautiful. But you know what? There's other thrills. And for me, my thrills are a nice, quiet afternoon in the garden when mm-hmm. the leaves of the temple bonsai are, are whispering in the wind. <laughs> and it feels just so yeah. good. Well, why, you know? what's the
1: problem? Why can't, why can't we move
0: on? Why can't we move on? That's an interesting question, I think. Um, it's, you know, it's a, uh, we don't like to let go of anything. We want permanence. We want everything that we've had to be there forever. Mm-hmm. And I think whether that's a relationship, or whether mm-hmm. that's our career, or whether that's our pet, or whether that's our, we have a hard time, or whether that's our parents living forever, mm-hmm. we have a hard time accepting the fact that everything changes, mm-hmm. you know, because there's an inherent opportunity for the choice between sadness or, or, Surrender and, and enjoyment mm-hmm. of the temporal nature of all the things. But I, I think we try to hold on to this false idea of permanence and it, it ultimately doesn't work. So the more graceful we can be of letting these things go and also enjoying them while they're there, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like worrying about your parents dying, how about when you're there, fucking really be there with them? Mm-hmm. Like, don't be checking your phone and don't be like thinking about well, when you're going to the present. Yeah,
1: as it. you know as the human race, like you're thinking about what happened and repeating those stories to yourself. Um, or you're thinking to the future of what's going to happen next and worrying about making sure it all looks just right. you know I do that a lot. like I look to the future a lot and I'm like, but this and then that and like let's plan this and for me it gets really like, yes, I think about the past, but I think a lot about the future. And so for me, I have to bring that in. And bring that to the present. Do you think more about the past, or do you think more about the future? Do you think
0: probably more about the future?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but you know, bringing it to the present, it requires a certain level of trust.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, like sure. trusting right. that
0: trusting that it's it's going to work out. Because you know, the fuck the fucking thing is. Yeah, like we're all pretty much batting a thousand. <laughs> like no matter what's happened to us, like. We, we've yeah. done all right. We've I like made a stupid, it through.
1: I have a stupid example of living, like, not planning that really, like, again, I feel like my examples of where I have a moment of shift or an epiphany or can shift comes in silly ways, but this is my example. So... I went down to Tulum. You just went down to Tulum. Yeah. It's a fun place, great place. It's getting really busy, but mm-hmm. um, went down there with my girlfriend, and it was kind of an it wasn't an impromptu trip, but it was just a quick trip like that kind of happened, and um, you know we only planned it for a few weeks, and we just didn't plan anything. We just decided like here's the hotel. Here's some good places to go, but we didn't plan anything, and we got down there, and it just all flowed like it was just like uh, the restaurant was open that we wanted to go to, or this happened here, and like everything just like was super easy. I'm like, wow, that was really fun, and so I thought, oh, the next trip down, um, I take Aaron down to, Tulum. I'm like, this is a fantastic <laughs> place. I want to make him love it, so I'm like, I planned everything, and I'm gonna tell you like almost half of the things that I planned. Were either they canceled them, they turned out horrible, <laughs> they didn't even have a reservation. Like, it was a disaster, and it made me realize, oh, my God, why do I try so hard to make everything perfect? You gotta let it flow. So then next trip down with my girlfriends, we went down there and I'm like, not doing it again, girls. I tried yeah. that planning thing. And sure enough, we didn't plan a thing and everything flowed perfect. Even down to the night that we decided, like, hey, let's just relax. It was kind of a rainy day, and we thought, man, there's a really great spa down there. That yawn spa is yeah. just amazing. And we're like, you know, it was kind of the afternoon after lunch, and it was kind of getting later, and you know, we're like, oh, it'd be great to have a massage tonight. We kind of want to chill. Let's see what they have. Sure enough, they had four massages available at 7 p.m. We're like, whoa. "Whoa. All right, perfect. So anyway, it's kind of a silly example, but it's an example of just like sometimes it has to come in that way. I think sometimes it's harder to let go of the bigger things. So sometimes the examples come in smaller ways and your job is to recognize them.
0: And I think, you, you know, being mindful of when you really want something, like, you probably really wanted that trip with Aaron to go super good. Of course. So, you're, so that extra bit of desire caused you to have that extra bit of planning, right. which was actually antithetical to the outcome that yeah. works best for a place yeah. like Tulum, yeah, which is just exactly. being in the flow. And I think that's yeah. the case with everybody. Like, all right, we'll do really good on this you know small venture that we're trying to do mm-hmm. but then the big venture comes get and then right. you really care about that <laughs> yeah. and you get it right and you're so stressed about yeah. it you know i mean you see that in i'm friends with a lot of fighters and mm. you know there's some there's a good amount of fighters that will just smash everybody in like as in the climb to the mm. title fight then the title fight comes and they've mm. done their thing and this is the title fight this is different you know this is not I'm not free to just be me and have fun, and Mm. and like I got to do this a different way, and and it'll change the way they actually perform because of the how much they care about it, Mm -hmm. or maybe how they train leading up to it. Instead of just training in the way that they're not overtraining, they're hitting the right spot. You know, they're it's a title fight; they got to go twice as hard, and then their body comes in half Mm. broken. And it's it's interesting that that balance of. Just because you want something more doesn't mean that you need to change everything yeah. that you've done. Yeah. Do you done. ever
1: listen to Abraham Hicks?
0: Every once in a while, yeah. Okay.
1: Like she talks a lot about, of course, being in the vortex. And Abraham Hicks is a, like a channeler, basically. Mm-hmm. Her real name is Esther, but she is get the the not the character, but the en- entity coming through is Abraham. And so, anyway, Abraham channels, and she talks a lot about you know not attaching to almost not attaching to what you want because you block the flow in a way, which is a really kind of complicated talk, like way for, it's complicated for me to rationalize, but um, but yeah, I feel like it reminds me of this. When you want something so badly, you almost block it in yeah. a way.
0: Well, because you're setting you're setting the opposite manifestation, right, so if manifestation is belief, like, belief is really that force mm-hmm. that we're using. Like, if mm-hmm. you're a fighter, you want to believe that you're going to win. I think mm-hmm. that's really, like, you look at some of the greatest fighters, when they've had that, in like, impeccable belief, you know, they've been really unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Connor McGregor with Jose Aldo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he knew he was going to knock that dude out, mm-hmm. and he did. Mm-hmm. You know, and Mike Tyson, for a while, he, like, knew he was just going to get in, and he was going to get in, and he's going to tear someone up. But then when his belief started to shift, yeah. you know, they took that first loss. They got beat. Then things start to get a little squirrely. That magic is gone, Yeah. you know, and that belief. All right, so if, if we're accepting the premise, and, you know, if you don't want to accept the premise, fine, but we're accepting the premise that belief is one of these most powerful forces right. that we can harness. When you really want something that bad, then you're afraid of not getting it. And what is fear? Well, fear is the belief that it's not going to happen.
1: Right. Of course the polarity, right? If you want something so badly, you're scared that you you're won't get it. You're scared that you won't get it. Shit, that's it.
0: That's it. That's the one. So you're you're having two opposing manifestation mm. kind of principles. One is your fear, which is a negative belief, and mm-hmm. the other is your confidence, which mm-hmm. is a positive belief. And so those are gonna cancel each mm-hmm. other out. And so you're gonna have some medium luke ass warm <laughs> belief yeah. thing. Yeah. That's not that's not gonna work as good for detachment,
1: you. Detachment, right? I know that's right. important. That's an important topic to you, detachment and you know, disconnecting from the outcome of things. But that's that's mm-hmm. something I mean I remember a long, long time ago reading the book The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. And um, detachment from outcomes. Again, because I'm a future thinker, not really a past thinker. I'm not a regretful person, like, what do you change? Anything in your history? I have nothing. I mean, it just it brought me to today. Yeah, right. I think about the future a lot. So detachment from outcomes is my biggest challenge.
0: Yeah. Connection to process, detachment from outcomes. Mm-hmm. And just do the things that you should do, mm-hmm. you know, to make to make those things happen. And you know, enjoy those things. Be present with those things, you know? And I think that's going, circling back to that manifestation and how it's difficult because we feel like we have to work. But if you actually just stay present with that process and realize that this process of believing it as if it has already been done, elevating Mm. our emotional state to meet the future state that we're trying to do, let's just stay present there. Let's Mm. not allow ourselves to think whether we deserve this or not do that. Let's just be present with this thing right now, just for this thing and focus on that step, and then mm-hmm. what's the next step? Well, the next step is going to be a walk. I'm going from here to here. What do we wanna do in that walk? Do we wanna obsess and worry about what we're gonna do? Or do we wanna look at the trees and like yeah. see the people and give that one smile to that one yeah. person who is lost in their own thing, and you smile at them so big that they go, oh, hey. Yeah. you know, And like little things, little ways yeah. that you can shift the world by being present.
1: I was reading um, a book, I'm still reading it as I'm a slow reader, um, but it's called frequency. And there was an example of, you know, the energetic feel of things to feel into how it feels to really resist something or be angry. And then and then go there, really feel it. Now go to the emotion of trying to like have sympathy or patience or understanding or love or gratefulness or whatever it is that could also be a view of the situation and really feel that and then identify which one just feels better. And you're like, oh shit, the good one feels better. Of course it does. But we just love to live in that other one of like victim, sad, you know, mentality. It's like, I'm I, sure that there's, I think I've heard about it, I'm not, I don't remember it well enough to be an official, but I think there's some kind of like a hormone or a neurological sort of spark that happens with this Negative emotion. And that's sure. why we repeat the stories because we we then get a rush yeah, and we, we go hit. for that rush. Every and-
0: emotion is tied to a neurochemical cocktail. Mm. And it's usually a cocktail of a variety of different things, you know, whether that's adrenaline, cortisol, norepinephrine, whatever whatever these things that are released mm. in this negative emotion. And then our receptor sites, this is what Joe Dispenza talks about, our mm-hmm. receptor sites get habituated to these things. And mm-hmm. as they get habituated to these things, they get hungry for them. Mm-hmm. So we'll find a way to oh, yeah. give ourselves the emotional state that will feed our body's addiction
1: mm-hmm. to these
0: negative things. But if we also, similarly, if we live in a positive state, we're addicted to those positive yeah. things. So we'll yeah. find the way Repetition. to turn anything that, you know, might be perceived negative into something positive because we're addicted to the positive feelings. So it's like switching your body over yeah. to be addicted to the positive yeah. feelings. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm just like super confused. My body's addicted <laughs> to everything. So I like I like going down the negative rabbit holes. I like the positive rabbit holes. It's <gasps> yeah, yeah. just like, my body's yeah. just like, give it all to me. Yeah, Let I me agree. feel it. I'm
1: with you. I do. I love going down those rabbit holes of conspiracy <laughs> and whatnot. And then I'm like, Not productive. (laughs) Let's go down the spiritual one now, you know? Yeah, for sure, for Um, sure. It's true though. It's um, We're just, um, the brain's very interesting.
0: It is, it is, and how it interacts with the whole organism is also very interesting. Mm -hmm. Sounds like really a lot of what's getting you excited now is this exploration of mindset, spirituality, like an understanding of how the human being Mm-hmm. really like operates yeah is that is that really where you find yourself yeah. being most passionate now
1: yeah because you know the mission is to have the happiest life possible but life just gets in the way and you're like mm-hmm. that's but it's also i think like we can change it neuroplasticity or repetition of a new kind of action i i mean i feel like for me an example of it without really being as you know deep in it as i am now as far as like trying to make a difference in my life actively on a daily basis, but a long time ago I was told I was kind of negative. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then I started to recognize the times I was negative. And first step is recognizing them, right? Yeah. First step is to go, oh, that was mean. Somebody walks by and you judge and you go, well, that's mean, Jesus, I don't know them. <laughs> and so you think to yourself, Something positive as a, as a switch it you first mm. switch it right because you can't stop the, in, the instinct at first it's just like just coming and that's your that's your you've done so many reps that's normal um, so then you you change it and you're like oh well maybe they're doing their best or maybe they're having a hard day or gosh they I like this about them or they seem this and then all of a sudden after enough time of flipping the script and going to the positive side of things, you start to realize that you go positive more often than you used to, and then more often. And you can never totally shut off the negativity or the judgment, but you can definitely Flip it to the point where it's the most prominent one.
0: Yeah, it, and it starts with that awareness. Yeah, you know, taking that impartial yeah. view of, yeah. oh wow, look, I'm being really negative and judgy yeah. right now, and, and not and not having the shame because the shame will prevent you from actually looking at it. If you're ashamed of that, then you mm-hmm. won't be able to look at it. Yeah, because it would be a shame to acknowledge it. But if you yeah. acknowledge it, like, oh wow, I'm being really pessimistic right now. Wow, I'm being really, I'm really being really negative. Or yeah. I'm just wallowing in my own, you know, shit right now. Why am I doing that? Yeah. You know? and you just have that impartial view then it gives you the opportunity to shift. Yeah. And then also the other thing is then choosing other people who aren't agreeing with that same thing. Like if, if judginess is something that you're working on and all your friends are super judgy <laughs> and you just go to public places and <laughs> just shred people <laughs> and that's just like your, that's your thing you do, that's probably not gonna be helpful.
1: Yeah, that's bad reps.
0: <laughs> bad reps, you yeah. know, and it's just gonna be reinforced by yeah. your, by yeah. your social circle. So trying to shift that social circle, find people who reinforce those positive attributes that's going to be helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I I completely agree. Do you believe that as you do you do you believe in like frequency of your body or energy and you know the more positive you are the more you attract positive people?
0: I think it's a really it's kind of an undeniable thing when you've lived it, when you understand that I can look back to my life and look at the state that I was in when all of the greatest things happened. Mm -hmm. and the frequency of that state has a very clear signature Mm -hmm. you know and that that signature was and this is this precipitates that thing happening you know Mm -hmm. it's like getting yourself in this state where you believe something really positive is about to happen and it's happening and that's when it happens so like you actually if you really observe your life you'll notice that and in those kind of downward depressed states like not much really happens till i get myself out of that yeah and then you know start attracting that and i think yeah. it's another thing that Dispenza is doing a lot of good work on is you know heart and brain coherence and yeah. then the brainwave patterns and i think there are ways for the materialist reductionist scientists to really start to measure this stuff but it's uh-huh. hard to measure it in real time because as soon as you got electrodes on you're not really living your life the normally <laughs> the way that you would be so it's not going to be perfect but yeah i absolutely believe that you know when you're in that state especially because we're in such a a world that's co-created by other people mm-hmm. and we mirror neurons are a real thing yeah so you walk in and yeah. you're and you're like on fire and that mm-hmm. other person sees you and you look super happy mm-hmm. and then those neurons start firing and okay. then that person's like oh i feel let's good go. around this person let's go this is great yep and yep. if you come in and you have all of these things and you know that person's going to feel that too and it's just going to kind of oh. depress the opportunity
1: yeah well oh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah exactly it's true. It's so true. it's there's there's no doubt about it it's so true. one of the best things we can do is just to start working on ourselves, yep. get ourself in that positive state and then watch the world change around us yeah. on my continued quest to show you guys the things that i have found that i absolutely love the most the next thing up is paleo now i was first attracted to this because i know when someone says paleo it means that they don't have all of the crap that the other granola would have in it like all of the processed sugars and chemicals and all of the grains that really aren't good for you, especially if you read my book, Own the Day on Your Life. You'll realize that you really want to support your body with the most natural ingredients possible and keep some of those higher starchy carbohydrates and higher sugars out of your system. PaleoNola is pretty much entirely nut and coconut and seed-based, and it tastes ridiculous like ridiculous like one of the defining characteristics of coming over and visiting Aubrey Marcus's house is yeah all right we'll have some cool conversations you know maybe we'll throw some axes but it's the snacks the snacks are the thing that everybody's like damn bro your snack game is on point point. and why is because I go out and I'm looking and I'm finding these things that really are game changers. Like granola is awesome. It's awesome on yogurt. I put it on top of my smoothies for this little kind of smoothie concoction where I got like the berries and like the smoothie, and then the top is all granola. And sometimes I mix it with banana milk. I'm actually a big fan of banana milk, which also doesn't have a bunch of sugar, and you don't think you can make milk out of it, but you can make pretty much milk out of anything, fucker And that's the truth. And banana milk and paleonola is like one of my absolute favorite snacks. So I really encourage you guys to try this. Like along with the Truff hot sauce, along with everything else that I'm talking about, these are game-changing foods. Like once you try this, you're gonna be like, okay, I get it. You win, Paleo Nola, you won. Congratulations, like this is the one. Now I really dig the original flavor, but they have all kinds of really dope flavors for you to check out. So please, just go check it out. Paleo Nola, like it sounds paleonola.com slash Aubrey is where you want to go you'll get 15% off and order your own paleonola it's also available at Whole Foods but please to support the podcast go to paleonola.com slash Aubrey save yourself 15% you'll get it for cheaper it'll be delivered to your house and you'll make sure that you're able to get it and just try it and just please talk to me about this try the banana milk or milk whatever you want and put that in there it's so dope like trust me like i'm not going to talk about things that aren't dope like i really i actually i dare you you know go try paleo nola and be like yeah it's not that good bro and i'm like fine i want to look you in the eye i want to look you in the eye when you tell me that so again thank you for tuning in paleonola.com com slash aubrey save yourself 15 percent and help support this podcast that we all love so much
1: I think it's also, you know, like you said, have good people, you know, the people, the kind of energy you want around you to help you because there are sometimes things that you don't even notice about yourself that you're happening and maybe it's something that was programmed as a child. Maybe it's, you know, something that's in your subconscious that is just the way you operate and you've never been challenged on it and so it's just normal for you or maybe it's something you grew up doing, seeing. Um, Maybe it's a bad story you've told yourself over and over again, Um, but when you find, but you know, having people around you that are honest and willing to point things out too, that also can be something. So you have to be open minded enough to to realize that because sometimes, sometimes it's um, hard to see it for ourselves. And so being being yeah. having that openness and that um, humility to say, "You're okay. You're right."
0: All right, I have all right, I have a question for you. So let's say you have a friend, good friend, okay, right? But you know they have. They have some, you know, what what could be perceived as a as a, as a kind of a, a character challenge. Let's say their ego shows pretty pretty aggressively, sure. right? Like they got, you know, your ego's showing, bro. You know, okay. but but that's like a real core part of who they are, and they're actually doing well with life, and they're pretty happy. And it's not like they're not like in a downward spiral. Like you okay. don't need to save this person, right? And but like every time they post an Instagram, you're like, God damn it, you know, <laughs> they're so like, annoying. <laughs> like like ah. Oh like why would you do that yeah. why would you post that like yeah. you know like and it's, it's like a blind spot mm. you know what i mean like
1: a judgment call like why don't you what, why like, do you I, feel comfortable like what,
0: <laughs> yeah like do
1: what? you not feel like an <laughs> idiot right now or
0: so so like what what do you do in that situation because you're talking about like helping your friends yeah you know like and letting yeah. them know and yeah. it's it's an interesting thing because you don't want to be like hey, bro your ego's showing man because then you'd be like it's it's awkward.
1: I think it might be me going. God, I just can't take a selfie. It feels stupid. <laughs> unless I have something to say. I mean, this would be me. I'd be like, unless I have something like Im- something where I can be impactful or like yeah. a message, and I just need like a launching point of a photo to give the message, like something like that. Like otherwise, it just like I mean content just because you look good or you, yeah, you know, well, love that's, that's you, like normal, you're bragging but about like yeah. does it come from us does it come from an insecure place like i try and you know i'd probably just try and project what is comfortable for me to see if anything kind of peaks on that other person to make them realize but what if like, it doesn't
0: what if like they what if they're looking at your posts and seeing it and like commenting and like uh-huh, vibing with it and then uh-huh. it's still still samesies mm-hmm. like do you think like what's the role what what do you think the the bo- what do you think the role is because I, as I was having this this debate, actually, I was like, "What is the what is the the kind of responsibility of a good friend? Like, how much do you point out the stuff that you can see, and how much do you just allow your friends to just mm-hmm. like, you know what, you'll figure it out?
1: Well, is it hurting you? Right? I think no, that's an observation, right? Is it hurting you? It's not and hurting then me. if it, if they're not. Um, I mean, if it's not hurting you, then it's just really, I would think, you recognizing something in yourself that you're not comfortable with. Mm. So it's really your thing. Yeah. They are apparently just totally fine. They're commenting on yours, (laughs) totally happy with it. It's obviously different than theirs, and they're great. They're good to go, but you have your own identity of what you're comfortable with. They have their own. They're happy with yours, Mm -hmm. you're not happy with theirs. So is the problem really theirs or is it yours?
0: It's mine. You just solved the problem for me, Danica. And I think that's that's basically, you know, really, it's not hurting anybody, honestly. You know, like if someone's hurting someone, then I think you do have the responsibility. But when it's it's not hurting, it's me actually applying my own value system Mm -hmm. and in my own way having Mm -hmm. my own judgment hierarchy Mm -hmm. That I'm applying and and pretending that that's a there's like an ostensible correct way to do things, but mm-hmm. p- perhaps not. No.
1: I mean unless it's something where someone's perpetuating a, a false image, like you know I'm thinking I'm like going down a, a route of like photoshopping and altering no. things and making th- like creating a false identity. To make themselves feel good like you're not that that would be something where i'd be like you're making other people feel bad they yeah. don't know that's not real you know that's right. no so that's that could it. be a that could be a reason if no, not then, 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 was, then it's just your own me. comfort zone and you're just it's it's showing it's showing you something
0: mm. how wise
1: <laughs> well i am <laughs> more towards 40 than anything so
0: <laughs> no it's very true though and i think that's i think that's something important for anybody who has those any kind of judgmental tendencies mm-hmm. and then that can be through spirituality that can be through mm-hmm. all of these things i mean i think one of my great spiritual teachers paul selig that's really what he talks about is like recognizing that no matter where someone is mm-hmm. that might be exactly where they're supposed to be and yeah. that is just as good as where you're at like yeah. there is no spiritual materialism where like oh i'm woke and this person's not woke. look how asleep they are yeah. like you know, maybe they're exactly where they're supposed to be and they're going to wake up when exactly when they are, or maybe it's not this lifetime and maybe this is perfect. So that
1: totally leads to a question I have. So do you, what do you, do you believe in reincarnation?
0: You know, I believe in it, but I'm not, it's not something that I've been able to see clearly. Like I'm an experiential spirituality kind, like that's how I do it. I go and I do the plant medicine ceremonies and I explore, Mm -hmm. you know, the cosmos that way and I get downloads and answers to questions. And I haven't got any clear message about reincarnation, but I'm very confident that it is. But I haven't like seen a past life or something that I can say like, I know for sure. Um, And that's usually where the space that I like to talk Mm -hmm. about. Like I feel like I understand the space that we Mm -hmm. go after we die. And it makes sense that if you're in that space that you would reincarnate into a body again in order to learn, mm-hmm. in order to learn the lessons that we're here to learn, in order mm-hmm. to shape the lives and experience of things. And so, I do believe in it for sure. But it's not something that I know.
1: So I, I, I don't. I guess none no of us know, no, right? No yeah. one knows for sure. Um, but I guess you know my general and my beliefs evolve. Like I'm an open-minded person. That this is what I believe right now. Maybe I'll still believe it. Maybe it'll change. I'm not sure. But based on sort of intuition and you know, an understanding for people, like they're just such a just such a broad spectrum of people that are evolved and very asleep and in a cycle. It's like so old, like just not evolved to me. Like you know, mm-hmm. they're happy to step and repeat and they believe what they're told and all those kinds of things. And I just think to myself, or maybe the way they treat someone or maybe what they how they treat themselves. And I, I I believe in reincarnation because I just kind of – and this helps me have somewhat patience for people that aren't – I don't feel like I'm on the same page with that. I might judge the way that they're acting or what they've done or how they live their life. But I just think to myself, you know, if they're doing bad, like, they're just going to have to come back in the next life and make it right. Like, I think from, an, like, a soul evolution standpoint that we come back and we have to learn the lessons and our job yeah. on this earth – and in this human form, is to evolve over and over again and further and further again until the point where, you know, we don't have to come back again. Mm. And because it's, you know, we're a clean slate when we come into the world and we don't, we don't have any memory, right? Aren't it interesting? We're just like a, a race of, like, a lack of memory, even of where we came from or what we're all about. That and would be so, impinging
0: on our that would be impinging on our free will, our ability to choose these Cuz if you paths, knew, if you we wouldn't knew, have free, if
1: you knew, you wouldn't need to worry about it. Yeah, if you knew right. it would, it would change the game. Yeah, that's why the human human existence, human experiment is really interesting because we're all a clean slate. We don't know. And so nope. we have to come back and do it again and, you know, I, I I don't know. I just I think that's an explanation sometimes for people because you come into the life, you meet people, and you're like, wow, you just seem really like an old soul. Yeah. Like, why would someone seem like that? I don't get it.
0: Because uh, it could be they might be. I right. mean, it might be it right. might be a soul that's been around right. a lot of a right. lot of runs, and, and then know, it gives the, you
1: patience for those people that aren't as evolved. You, you go, sure. you're just not. You know, like it's just next time. You know.
0: And that's and you know and understanding that all is of the same material, all is mm. of the same source. Yeah. You know, all we're all part of the same divine yeah. diamond, just a different facet in a different way, and all the whole spectrum from human to all of the different types of humans to all of the different types of animals to all of the different everything is actually perfect in its own mm. unique expression. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's hard to recognize mm-hmm. because there's always ways that we can put this hierarchy of this is better, this is not better, yeah. but Perhaps it's all exactly as it should be to express in the fullest spectrum of polarity possible. Doesn't yeah. mean that we shouldn't. Work to get more people to love more, to see each other as same more, and to be able to then shift the collective consciousness. So maybe we can save this planet, this game board that we all have an opportunity to experience, this place where we can come in a body and touch and feel things and talk to people Mm -hmm. and, like, breathe the air and feel the rain on our skin and taste a cheeseburger. Like, this place Mm -hmm. is special. Let's not fuck it up. (laughs)
1: Let's, like, let it
0: keep going for a little while. And that's really... You know, kind of what inspires me the most is like, all right, let's wake up so not only we can enjoy it, but let's yeah. keep it going for a while. Let's mm. not destroy the the planet that we get the opportunity to live on. You know let's let's like, let's keep this game going. It's too good.
1: Have you had any um, significant downloads in your experiences, your journeys that you've taken with the plant medicine to an answer to that? Or a feeling of what's gonna what we should be doing as human beings?
0: Yeah, I mean I, I think to me it was a very clear message about my purpose at least. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. purpose was it's come to me in a couple different, uh, a couple different ways, one more humorous than the other. But the first way was everybody was like a little robot and we're all robots and we're dancing this robot dance, all the conditioning of the mm. world and society. And we're just doing the mm-hmm. chick Di- chick Instagram, mm-hmm. let's get the money, what's the bank account, drink the alcohol. And all of a sudden, I was doing the same thing. And all of a sudden I pop out and I like look around. <laughs> what is everybody doing? We don't even do this. <laughs> and then I like, grab somebody and I like, grab their arm and they look at me and they go, "Whoa." What are we doing? What's going on? What's going on? And then that person grabs somebody. And then then that person grabs somebody. And then all of a sudden everybody grabs somebody, looks them in the eye, and then everybody looks around and like, oh, whoa. And then we all just sit down and like, and like in that it was like this avatar moment of that. Wow. You know, and I was like, oh.
1: You acknowledge to not be a robot. Right. It's like you all but it was part of part of it was grabbing someone and going, Yeah, just grabbing someone
0: and being like, hey, hey, no, we don't, we don't need to do that. Like we're free. Okay. We can do whatever we want. And I think to me that's where I put the majority of my effort is changing the consciousness, which I feel is the most upstream part. You know, and I have yeah. the greatest respect and admiration for people who are changing the downstream elements, like people making sandwiches and helping sure. serving food at the soup kitchens sure. and going to like that's all super important. Right. For me, that's not what I've always felt like my purpose was. My right. purpose was to right. help affect the most upstream node of consciousness yeah, to get I, people I, to wake I, up. I, I agree with that. And that's the and that's really what you know. That clear vision that that keeps me that keeps me going. Mm. The funnier version of that was when I was in I was in a, I was like the the captain of a basketball team. It was like an NBA team, which okay. obviously I was never near close to that good. But we're all playing the mannequin challenge. We're all, like, okay. stuck in the mannequin challenge. And we just stare for, like, an un- impossibly long time. And then finally I was like, yo, homies, we don't have to do the mannequin challenge. And I was like, look, we can move around. And everybody's like, yeah, oh, wow. why are we doing the mannequin challenge? Like, there's no reason for that. We and you know, need so to be it's,
1: clones of each other. Ex- exactly. Like, like,
0: we don't have to follow this yeah. thing and just all stay still for no reason at all. Like the The whole idea, though, is just like free. Like sometimes we get conditioned to be in a position where yeah. you know we're just following somebody else's yeah. drumbeat. yeah, and, uh, that's not independent fun.
1: thinkers are you know to be an independent thinker is powerful and powerful for you and powerful for the world.
0: Yeah. Where do you see, and I know we gotta wrap this up here. Where do you see now in this next chapter for you? Where do you see? Yourself, you know, kind of creating the impact that you want to create. Obviously, you've really given yeah. people an amazing amount of inspiration, yeah. showed them that things that yeah. they thought were not possible are indeed possible. Like yeah. done a, an amazing amount of work. But what's that next? Yeah. What's that next phase for you?
1: Well, um, you know, I think from at least the past and what I've done, um, and then I'll talk about the future. But. Um, so when I go do speaking engagements, um, you know, I really love kind of spreading that message of empowerment and dreaming. And so I will sort of chronicle all these other businesses that I have and and reflect on the fact that they started out as just ideas and now they're businesses. So some you just have to have an idea and you have to know what the hell you wanna do. And there's so many people that, you know, you're like, what do you wanna be when you grow up? You can ask an adult that, like, what's your loftiest goal? they don't even have an answer. So it's, you know, pushing people to actually answer that question for themselves instead of being that robot just yeah. on us just going over the same program over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, whether that's, you know, my wine, um, I have a vineyard in Napa called Somnium and, um, I make nice high-end cab wine, and so the name of it is Somnium, which means dream in Latin. So, mm-hmm. and I tell the story that 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 started out as literally a dream of me standing over on this knoll in the middle of Napa Valley, looking south to the beautiful fog, pulling into San Francisco, drinking wine at 10 a.m., and thinking, God, I want something like this someday. And that was the only idea I had. Um, my book that came out last year, um, pretty intense, was a health and wellness book. So. Um, there's a workout, there's recipes, there's mind-body um, chapters, it's broken up into thirds. Um, so, you know, that's really just like an action point, launching point for someone to take charge of their life, to start to, you know, look at them the way they think in a different way or, you know, eat a little bit more consciously or take care of their body and respect their body, um, which is essentially respecting yourself. Sure. Um, so those are, those are a couple of the businesses that I go into. Um, but moving forward, um, you know, I, I I'm starting my own podcast called Pretty Intense because it's just a really good way to describe me, and um, and it also encompasses you know it's about the it's en- encompasses the, the t- t- topics of the book so yeah. you know mind body food wellness all that stuff which I'm super interested in so um, so that is really the biggest place that I feel the ability to. open people's minds up. You know, when we're this, it's such a wonderful format that it is now, and thank God the days of five-minute interviews are not. So you know, they're there, and I've done plenty, and I'm sure Sure. I'll still do plenty. But you know, this platform to be able to dive so much deeper into topics is um, really cool. And so, um, you know, I I do it on my own already. I I already listen to podcasts. I already listen to YouTube videos. I I listen to all that stuff. Um, So for me to be able to kind of share that passion and love um with you know interesting people like yourself and so many others um is I believe like the next the, the the real the really deep dive yeah you know That's to awesome. helping people inspire people to think a little bit differently or just purely be open minded um, but really it's about self reflection I think that that is the core value that we all need to embrace is our own ability to change our lives and stop leaving it up to someone else or stop thinking even of the thought of like you know um, oh my life is just planned out for me. Mm really that sucks for you
0: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah look in the mirror take control yeah you know i mean like we always have the opportunity to change our mindscape even if we can't yeah. change our landscape. Yeah. You know, like, and, and that's the most important thing.
1: That's right. Because
0: two people can be in the exact same position and that could be a concentration camp yeah. and you can hear two different reports or two different people have wildly different experiences in the worst or the best environment, right. you know? Right. And that could be the, the Ritz Carlton at some beach or that could be the, the worst place on earth. But your mindscape is something that if with little training and a little belief, we can have control over. So we can teach people to control that. You know, we're free
1: like joe says when you change your personal reality you change your personal reality when you change your personality
0: yeah no doubt yeah well, that's awesome cool. thanks so much for coming on the show it's it amazing i'm looking yeah. forward to uh, dropping in on yours as well <laughs>
1: cool so, be thank great. you
0: <laughs> thanks for tuning into the podcast everybody also make sure you pay attention danica patrick is launching her own podcast and i'm one of the guests on that show and that was a great episode we really got to dive deep into a lot of the things that i'm passionate about as well And then I also wanted to mention that if you're listening to this before September 12th, we have a special event going on with Travis Christofferson who is completely breaking apart and reevaluating the modern healthcare system using things like ketogenic diets, like fecal transplants to treat so many medical conditions that before have been relatively untreatable. So the event is called Curable, a second opinion on disease. It's at Austin Central Library, September twelfth, from seven to eight thirty PM, and you can get a limited amount of tickets at curable.splashthat.com. So anybody in Austin, I look forward to seeing you there. And as always, go to aubreymarcus.com, sign up for the newsletter, check out everything I have going there, and go to slash aubrey and save yourself ten percent on all the dope shit that we have. I'll see you next week, fam.